Today's episode is brought to you by our brand new exclusive discount code for thebeardstruggle.com. Ladies, you know that man in your life with the big, beautiful beard? Or the one trying to grow a beard, even if it's just a little stubble? Well, what you might not know is that the skin underneath all that face fur can get dried out and super itchy, causing scratching that leads to flaking, and if there's anything worse than head dandruff, it's beard dandruff. That's why we've teamed up with thebeardstruggle.com. They know what goes into having a big, glorious beard, hence the name. And they've created some of the best products in the market to help the man in your life tame those majestic chin locks and soothe the skin underneath. Be it the day and night oils, which keep the beard soft and the skin moisturized, and they smell great, by the way. Or the beard straightener that calms those extra curly face hairs and makes that beard look fuller and healthier. Kevin uses these products, and his beard has never looked, felt, or smelled better. And I I really enjoy playing with his beard now. Thebeardstruggle.com uses 100% all-natural ingredients. They never test on animals and have a 90-day money-back guarantee. All you have to do is go to thebeardstruggle.com, all one word, or click on the link in the show notes. And don't forget to use our exclusive discount code, AUDIO15, for 15% off at checkout. That's A-U-D-I-O-1-5 for 15% off your entire order. Go now. can't dance with the dog there. He will jump on you. <laughs> Welcome to Weekday Clipnotes! Hey, she got it right again. Fuck you, I get it right every time. No, you do not. I have for some weeks. Two weeks. No, more than two weeks. Two weeks. The week before that, you got it wrong. I did not. Yes, you did. Go back and listen, because I got it right. I'll pull up the file right now and play it for everybody. No, that's too much fun. <laughs> you don't have to do it. I'll do it. Let's go on. Okay. I'm Stephanie. I'm Kevin. How is everybody? Um, all right, so last week you had talked about the um, finalists for the Aspen Words. Okay. That Aspen Words uh, Literary Award. Mm-hmm. And like I normally do, I every book that we talk about, I put all their shit in our show notes so people can go, you know, reach out to the author, see about the book. Well, one of them, uh, Randall Keenan, if you went on and clicked on the show notes, you realize that it came up to the New York Times obituary because he had died last year. And we did not realize that before talking about it because you just... You pulled up the thing for the for the who was getting the awards, but we didn't really we didn't really pull up anything for the authors until after the fact, and we hadn't realized that he had uh, he had passed away last year. Didn't I didn't see why how he had passed away or what happened, but he had passed away last year. So if you notice that you couldn't get a hold of him, that's why. Yeah, blame it on lazy research, because <laughs> that that was my fault. Fair enough. All right, so today's a big day for you, apparently. What 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 do you got going on? Oh, lots. Well, let's get to it. I bought new books. Uh-huh. Um, I have to go back through episodes to find out all the books that I wanted so I can make a list and buy those. But 
Yeah, I think you're good. No. I think you're good with what you have. What did you say last week? What What, what did I say last week? Or the other day, uh, when, when we get enough money, I can buy all the books I want? Uh, no. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Okay, when we get enough money, you can buy all the books you want, which means not now, because we don't have enough money for you to get all the books you want. No, like taxes. We still won't have all the enough money for you to get all the books you, you want. You said I could get a lot of books. I, no, I didn't. Yes, you did. The words you can get a lot of books have never once. You said left I could get mouth. books. I could get books. Me telling Multiple you, you can, books. Me telling you you can get books is not the same thing as me saying you can get a lot of books or all the books that you want. Those are different things. I'm going to record you from now on so I can put this in your face. Well, we have all the equipment. Go ahead. Okay. Anyway, um, my final installment of the Miss Peregrine series, The Desolation of Devil's Acre, should be here hopefully tomorrow because I have the virtual meet and greet and whatnot with Ransom Riggs and Lee Bardugo. Tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Central Which, Standard Time. I mean, if you listen to this when it first when it comes out, you'll be it'll be Thursday night tonight. Yeah, Thursday, February. Because we record this on Wednesday. 26th, 27th, 25th. Thursday is the 25th. Okay, so February 25th at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, and I have a one minute, 60 second conversation with Ransom Riggs, and. I have no idea what to ask him because I already know where he got the inspiration to come up with his books from. And the only thing I really want to ask him is why he let Tim Burton fuck up the movie. Why he allowed the main characters. Again, we've, we've been through this. I know, I know, I know. So I don't want to ask such a harsh question. I want to be nice. So Kevin thought I should ask the listeners what I should ask. I mean, I think it's it's worth a shot if there's any listeners out there that want to tweet us or email us uh, a question they think you should ask. I think that maybe whatever we get, we'll post it on Twitter and um, people can email us, openanfingbook at gmail.com. And I think the best question is what will get asked since you have... I'm drawing a blank. Yeah. I am having such a difficult time. I I've been thinking... Since the the notification came out on Facebook, I've been trying to think of what I would ask him. And it's bugging the shit out of me. Like We forgot to introduce uh to uh You never posted Paul or Dana. Dana Scully. Scully. Yes I yeah. did. Why are you interrupting me? Because we didn't introduce her. She's part of the show now. Okay, and there's Dana Scully. There we go. Who interrupted me? Um, no, I, I also not. finally got a Court of Silver Flames by Sarah J. Moss. It should be here tomorrow. Or I Friday. saw the cover online when I was looking at the other books. It's very neat looking. It is. It doesn't match any of my other books. <laughs> but I could. I... All of your books kind of have that same feel to them, though. No, the other the, of the same series. Of oh, that series? Yeah. It's different. But they have the rest of the series in the covers that are like that one what <laughs> that does, what what you okay, just so said you know makes, how does that make sense like my harry potter series is right here you know how they came out with the covers of with the ravenclaw and the slytherin and the yes okay the regular 
series, they have alternate covers. Okay. They do that with multiple books. I'm aware. The Court of Thorns and Roses series uh-huh. has multiple covers as well. Okay. I guess that's the only cover so far that they have for a Court of Silver Thorn or Silver Roses. I forgot the title already. <laughs> but um, looking online, they also had all the other books in that series with the same type of cover. Okay. So I'm thinking maybe get rid of the rest of the books in the series and go with. No. Shut the fuck up. I'll no, do what I want. No. Um, I'm going to buy all new books <laughs> just because they don't have the same cover as that one. You can wait until they come out with the cover that matches the ones that you have. Because I imagine that they will. It, 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 printing out multiple covers at once is going to be extremely expensive. But I already bought the cover that they have now. Okay, well then I guess you just deal with having that one. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, kind of like how I have a couple hardback of, or a couple paperback of the Dorinda Jones books when there's 13 books and most of them are hardback. But I digress. It it just looks weird in my bookcase because I, I like things to be neat and tidy. I'm very anal about certain things. But then, um, some, I also, I have a book pen pal that, and we're redoing our book boxes. So I got this, uh, romance novel of mythology and it involves Hades. So that's kind of interesting. I, I just ordered that today. So that's going to be really cool. Um, I should be getting that in a couple days as well. Uh, an update on Beguiled by Dorenda Jones. It is out on Kindle version. It was supposed to supposed to be available on paperback as of yesterday. There have been issues, according to the Dorenda Jones Facebook, uh, Annette, Dorenda's sister, and uh, what's it called? Manager. Uh, no, not our manager. Publicist. Not her publicist, her... PR? Yeah, her PR. Her rep. Public relations? Yeah, something like that. Uh, she she posted an update, and it said, For those of you waiting on the paperback version of Beguiled, we have an update from the cover artist. She has promised the final cover tomorrow. We are hoping today, but this was very last minute for her. Totally not her fault. Thanks for being patient. So, hopefully... Like, you have a choice. Well, yeah. To be patient. Like, I've been checking... The only place you can really get it is on Amazon. So, I've been checking Amazon to see if it's been up... Like Indiegogo or anything like that? Uh, Not that I know of, because when you go to Dorinda's uh, website Mm -hmm. and you click to buy the book, it sends you straight to Amazon. Well, that's probably because that's the... They might have a... She might have a contract with them or something where she gets the most money from Amazon than what she would from a different... Who publishes her books? Um... I think she has different publishers for some of she has because she has different series because she has the Charlie series, the Sunshine series, the Betwixt and Between series. Saint Martin's Press. Well, that's for the Sunshine series. Okay. You continue to talk while I okay. And then exciting news for Rick Ritter and fans: he is coming out with a new book. Um, shit, I forgot what it was called. The daughter. Uh. 
uh, of something that has to do with the sea, but it's pretty much a retelling of 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. And I thought that was really neat because I love his mythology series from the Egyptian, the Norse, the Roman, the Greek, and I love it. So retelling the 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, that's kind of, you know, getting kids and young adults more interested in a classic novel, you know, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. So that's, to me, very exciting. I hope one day he does, like, Celtic mythology, because that's something I really, I need to get into. I want to get in touch with my Celtic roots more. So I don't know about the Betwixt and that series, uh, but all of her other books that you have over here have the St. Martin's Press logo on them. So I would imagine that she publishes the majority of her books with St. Martin's Press. Yeah, I think the uh, Beatrice was... I think the Betwixt and Between series is published straight to Kendall. Because it's... Um, then why would you have the book, the paperback? Because that's why I think Amazon does it. Because Amazon and Kindle is Amazon. So they, they do a paperback version. Okay. Is that... Was that all that you had to, uh... Yeah, I believe. I think so. Maybe. She scratches her head. <laughs> I mean, I did buy two other books when I went to the store today. Um, Ichabod and, uh, A Tale of Witchcraft by Chris Colfair. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Okay. All right. If you're good, I'm good. Okay, yeah, go uh, ahead. Since okay. I'm taking up too much time. You're taking up a lot of time trying to figure out whatever it is you're trying to figure out. Heaven forbid I be able to talk on our show. I never said you couldn't talk. But I take up too much time, <laughs> apparently. So the, it'll be edited out, but I literally, literally have two minutes of dead air on here while you're looking on your phone to find out if she publishes with Amazon or not. It was published with Kendall. Fuck you. <laughs> All right. I have uh, so just one piece of news, and I shouldn't be laughing right now because it's not happy news. So Lawrence Ferlinghetti, bookseller and poet, died. He was 103, wasn't he? He was 101. Oh, 101. And yes. he owned a small bookstore. So, well, can I read the th fucking thing? I already knew about it. But they might not. Okay, go so on. shut the front door you shut the fuck up <laughs> that's not what i said you're a fucking muggle you want me to say it what magic's not real anyway you shut the fuck up so lawrence ferlinghetti distinguished american poet artist and founder of city lights booksellers and publishers died in san francisco on the 22nd at age 101 that's a long fucking time and the last full year of your life is fucking 2020 yeah but he did spend time selling books, which is a great career. Yes, Ferlinghetti was instrumental in democratizing American literature by creating, with Peter D. Martin, the country's first all-paperback bookstore in 1953, jumpstarting a movement to make diverse and inexpensive quality books widely available. He envisioned the bookstore as a, quote, literary meeting place, where writers and readers could congregate to share their ideas about poetry, fiction, politics, and the arts. Two years later, in 1955, he launched City Lights Publishers with the objective 
of stirring an international dissident ferment. His inaugural edition was the first volume of City Lights Pocket Poet Series, which provided to be a seminal force in shaping American poetry. So, I mean, we say it's sad. We feel for his family. But it's not sad. You are 101. I, I give you a round of applause and say good on you. And, I mean, you can't. You can't feel sorry, really, that he's dead. He was 101. He was probably, I, he was probably like Stan's grandpa in South Park. Just let let me die. I think he lived a long, wonderful life, doing what he loved. I mean, 101. You're gonna make it that long. No, and I you're am, gonna be miserable. No, I am not. Yes, you are. I'm gonna make sure it happens. It's not going to happen. It is gonna happen. <laughs> it's not. I'm not. I'm not. Gonna and then you're it. gonna die by my books toppling over on you. <laughs> There's venom in her eyes right now. The way she's, for no reason. I did not. No reason. You said I could buy as many books as I wanted, even though you said I could buy a lot of books. (laughs) No, I didn't. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. I'm going to Barnes and Noble, motherfucker. Just you wait. I can't stop you. Yeah, I know. You're buying new microphones? I'm going to Barnes & Noble. I am buying new microphones because if people knew the amount of work I have to do to make this show listenable, they would understand why we need new microphones and a new And if people uh, knew how mixer. much I needed books around me to make me feel really good inside, then they I just, would understand. I don't, I don't do enough, I suppose. I, I'm not... Uh, you are, but... I like the smell of books. I li- I'm a bibliophile. You I have li- a book collection problem. You literally problem. have hundreds of them in this room alone that you can smell anytime you want. I have- Most of them haven't been opened since the day you bought them. So I, have- I don't want to hear about I have- how I need more books so I can smell them. When you have one, two, three, four, five, six bookcases. That's in the foyer. It's it's 20 feet from where you're sitting. Not even 15 feet from where you're sitting now. That's a separate room. The foyer is a separate room. The only room. thing that makes it a separate room is that you have to walk through a doorway. Exactly. With, with no door. But it has hinges because there used to be a door. And then, and then there's a bookcase in our bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> So I think you're good for a while. No, I'm not. Yeah, I think you are. I think maybe you, I think I don't buy you, I think you don't buy a book until you read a book. I'm currently reading three books at the same time. You are not, I haven't seen you read shit. I'm reading American Gods. When was the last time you read? The last time we watched an episode of it. So, two weeks ago? Yeah. And I'm reading Lore. Which, the last time you looked at it? Uh, about a week ago. Okay. And I'm going to be reading A Court of Silver Flames as soon as that comes in. Oh, so you're not reading three at the same time. <laughs> yes, because I'm reading the second uh, Betwixt and Between book. When? Now. What? No, literally, when When did you read that? I don't know. There's a bookmark in it somewhere, I think. And it, when? No, <laughs> when was the last time you picked it up to read it? I don't know. Exactly. You're not reading three at the same time. You have read... Three separate books at different periods without finishing any of them. And then you just bought more today. Yeah, so. Because. No, I, no, no. 
no. collections. If I have one book by one author, I have to have all the books by the author. It is it is a serious problem and you don't understand. <laughs> I, know, I know it's a serious problem and I do understand. No, you don't. <laughs> all right, can we get to the four books of the week? Yes, okay. let's see what else I'm going to buy. Oh, wonderful. Uh, so our fiction book for this week is The Paris Dressmaker by Christy Cambrone. At least I think that's Cambrone. C-A-M-B-R-O-N. Cambrone? Cambroni? Cambrone? There's no, there's there's nothing after the N, so it wouldn't be Cambroni. B-R-O-N. Oh. Cambrone. Cambrone. Okay. Based... What? Nothing. Go ahead. Based Based on true accounts of how Parisians resisted the Nazi occupation in World War II... From fashion houses to the city streets comes the story of two courageous women who risked everything to fight an evil they couldn't abide. Now, this is going to sound like a nonfiction book, but it is inspired by true accounts, but it's it's fiction. Paris, 1939. Mason Channel, or Chanel. C-H-A-N-E-L. It's Chanel. Is it Chanel? Or it could be Chanel, but uh, since it's you're French. in Paris, yeah. it's Chanel. Has closed, thrusting... Haute couture dressmaker Lilia Delorent, or Delorent, it's French, so everything has to kind of be mumbled and just fall out of your mouth, right? Yeah, I guess. (laughs) Exactly. Out of the world of high fashion as Nazi soldiers invade the streets and the city of lights slips into darkness. Lilia's life is now a series of rations, brutal restrictions, and a carefully controlled propaganda and carefully controlled propaganda, while Paris is cut off from the rest of the world. Yet, in hidden corners of the city, the faithful pledge to resist... Is it Lila or Lila? L-I-L-A. Lila or Lila? Lila. But I'm wondering, since it's in France, and France, Italy, Spain, they do some stuff with the the two L's making it sound like a Y, if it's Lila... It's L-I-L-A. There's not two L's. Oh, I thought you just said L-I-L-L-A. L-I-L-A. Then probably Lila. Yeah, Lila. Lila? Lila. Okay. So if I'm wrong, it's your fault. I guess. I don't know. Look it up. Fuck. Again, poor researching. Hey! (laughs) There we go. Lila is drawn to Le Resistance and is soon using her skills as a dressmaker to infiltrate the Nazi elite. She takes their measurements and designs masterpieces, all while collecting secrets in the glamorous Hotel Ritz, the heart of the Nazis' Parisian headquarters. But when dashing Ren suddenly re-enters her world, Lila finds her heart tangled between determination to help save his Jewish family and bolstering the fight for liberation. Now, Paris, 1943, Sandrine Proquette's job is to catalog the priceless works of art bound for the Führer's Berlin, masterpieces stolen from prominent Jewish families, but behind closed doors, she secretly forages for information from the underground resistance. Beneath her compliant facade lies a woman bent on uncovering the fate of her missing husband, but at what cost? As Hitler's regime crumbles, Sandrine is drawn in deeper when she uncrates an exquisite blue Chanel gown concealing a cryptic message that may reveal the fate of a dressmaker 
who vanished from within the fashion elite. Together. Ooh. Told across the span of the Nazi occupation, the Paris dressmaker highlights the brave woman who would use who used everything in their power to resist darkness and restore light to their world. Uh, little um, fact I found. Apparently, it includes discussion questions for book clubs in it. Oh. Which I think is neat, and more people should do that um, if they can find a book club that isn't just drinking and gossiping. Yeah. I don't drink wine. Thomas Nelson Publishing. It is out now. 400 pages. And I would like to read it because I'm I I like reading stuff about World War Two, but I'm not into reading about fashion. Well, I think fashion is um, like an undertone. I think it's kind of it's it's not so much reading about fashion. I think it's used as a tool for a bigger. Yeah, I mean, it does seem interesting, kind of like a Trojan horse sort of something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, espionage and all that good shit. Sounds sexy. And then it takes the two world, the two stories and pushes them together with, because it's obviously I'm guessing the same dressmaker in the first part of the story that goes missing that the you know, the character in the second part of the story finds the message is what I'm gathering. You'd have to read it to find out. I suppose I would. Alright, so for our non-fiction right down my fucking alley as my microphone sits on top of my last podcast my last book on the left from the last podcast on the left a of uh, the world's most famous and gruesome serial killers american serial killers the epidemic years from 1950 to 2000 by peter vronsky fans of mindhunter and true crime podcasts will devour these chilling stories of serial killers from the american golden age 1950 2000. With books like Serial Killers, Female Serial Killers, and Son of Cain, Peter Vronsky has established himself as the foremost expert on the history of serial killers. In this first definitive history of the golden age of American serial murder, when the number and body count of serial killers exploded, Vronsky tells the story of the most unusual and prominent serial killers from the 1950s to the early 21st century. From Ted Bundy to the Golden State Killer, our fascination with these classic serial killers seems to grow by the day. American Serial Killers gives true crime junkies what they crave with both perennial favorites like Ed Kemper and Jeffrey Dahmer and lesser-known cases like Melvin Reese and Harvey Gleitman. From Berkeley Books Publishing, it is out now, 416 pages. 416 big, beautiful serial killer-filled pages. Definitely up your alley. Definitely up my alley. Even though I, I know almost everything about all of those serial killers, I I knew all this shit and I still bought this fucking book, so uh, I get that one too. Yeah. I prefer watching the documentaries. Yeah, we just got done watching Night Stalker. Yes. Very 80s. Yes. Very. And I love how... Because I know, I know all about Richard Ramirez, but I didn't know all about the guys who caught him. Or the story, really, of how he actually got nabbed at the very end. And that was just as interesting as as him. Yeah. Because not every serial killer has these super cops going after him. Most serial killers get away with what they get away with because the police in whatever city or 
county or state or whatever that are that they're killing in are just dumbasses. And you can look at a lot of serial killers who got away with a lot of shit just because cops didn't give a fuck. Yeah, they they really revolutionized how cops spoke to one another and shared information and yeah, because, because of that case. Because like LA and San Francisco sharing information, it just didn't happen. It took Richard Ramirez to bring them together as a family. <laughs> it, took the, Satan. it took the screen door killer to bring everybody together. Let's work together. Get an entire community to chase one guy down and beat him in the head with a lead pipe. Okay. Next Hail book. Satan! Next book. What are you hitting me for? Next book. Oh, I'm going. Uh, so from Hail Satan to our children's book. Jesus Christ. No, Satan. What's the Weather, Clouds, Climate, and Global Warming by D.K. and Judith Ralston. Discover the science behind wild and wonderful weather in this fact, fact in this fact-packed book. That was difficult to say for a second. Fact-packed book. Yes. Fact-packed book. From heat waves and big freezes to tornadoes and fog, this science book gives your budding meteorologist a glimpse into all the action that happens in the sky. Learn about all kinds of weather and marvel at how powerful it can be. At a time when extreme weather is becoming more and more common, this eco-focused book is a is perfect for getting your little one clued up about the environment. Throughout the pages of this colorful and energetic STEM book, your child will discover fun facts about the weather. They will also gain insight into serious topics such as global warming and how our climate is changing. Inside the pages of this beautifully illustrated children's science book, you'll learn all about the weather and discover... Fascinating illustrations that introduce scientific topics in a simple and accessible way. Standout facts presented clearly on each spread. Easy to understand texts that teach children about climate change, meteorology, and geography. Bright photos and stunning illustrations that show how weather forms, what's going on inside clouds, and why we have heat waves. The easy-to-follow texts and bite-sized facts will keep your young climate activists engaged and inspire them to do whatever they can to turn things around and fight climate change. Become a weather expert in no time. This educational science book tells a riveting story about how big, amazing, and wonderful our weather really is, but is told from the child's perspective. The book itself has been produced as sustainably as possible, made with responsibly sourced materials and soy inks. It's the perfect gift for environmentally conscious kids aged 7 to 9. From DK Publishing, it is out now. 72 pages. Nice. Isn't it? Yeah. Nice bright pictures to keep them interested in in it. And then fun facts, just, you know, keeping their small attention spans interested mm-hmm. and locked in on it and everything. I think that's great. You see all this all this snow and all this icy, this Arctic? It's not going to be here in a few years. Because your grandparents fucked it's, up. It's your grandparents' fault. We're not going to do anything about it, but you should. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right, kids. That's, it's exactly right, because we're not going to do shit about it. We're going to bitch and complain to one another about it. Our kids are going to be the ones to either say, okay, now we got to fix our parents' fuck up, or we'll let our kids fix it. Fix it. Our parents fucked up. They were the ones throwing trash out of their cars. No problem. The baby boomers, yes. The yes. baby boomers fucked up everything. If you're a baby boomer listening to the show, 
Thank you for listening. You fucked up everything. You, you did. You fucked up the economy. You fucked up the environment. You fucked up everything. You fucked up our lives, man. It's the me generation. Yeah. What the boomers are known as the me generation. Today's episode is brought to you by Kind Bar. I absolutely love Kind Bars, and I've eaten a lot of them. Let me tell you about the first time I ever had a Kind Bar. I was working at a steel foundry, and I only had a couple hours left to go, but I was tired and dirty and really starting to drag. So I saw some Kind Bars in our cafeteria, looked good, so I grabbed one, and it was delicious. It gave me the little burst of energy I needed to get through the rest of my night without feeling bad about my late evening snack or heavy from a ton of refined sugar and artificial ingredients. And that's the big difference. Kind is deeply committed to crafting food with real, recognizable ingredients and to empower the food snack community and our listeners to make better, informed choices about health. Some of my favorites are the blueberry vanilla cashew, fruit and nut, dark chocolate cherry cashew, cranberry almond, and the dark chocolate nuts and sea salt. They're delicious. Kindness can be a transformative force for good, and that's why we are teaming up with Kind and Podgo to bring our listeners 10% off or 15% off for military personnel, teachers, students, first responders, doctors, and nurses. Just go to podgo.co slash kind. That's podgo.co slash kind. Kind Bar, creating a kinder and healthier world, one act, one snack at a time. But I am going to leave this part in for our Patreon subscribers. No. So they so they can hear us bitch and complain at one another for a lot of stuff. And uh, for all of you, all of them who don't subscribe to Patreon, then uh, they'll miss out. That was horrible. That was it was no, it was great. It was fucking fantastic. Oh God, you're so mean to me. <laughs> it was fucking fantastic. So we're gonna leave all that in and I will pick it up now. So for our YA novel of the week, it is Fire's Keeper, Fire's Keeper, Fire's, Jesus, it's Jimmy's John's, Fire Keeper's Daughter by Angeline Bouly, it's B-O-U-L-L-E-Y. Bully? Bully? B-O-U-L-L-E-Y. Bully. Bully? Bully? Like Angeline Bully. I guess. I mean, look it up. Okay. Bully. Angeline Bully. 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 You make it sound Southern when you said it. That was... Bully. Thank you. Again, like we do every author, I will tweet her, and if we are pronouncing it wrong, she'll let us know, and I will... But I looked it up. You did. In Firekeeper's Daughter, debut author Angeline Bully crafts a groundbreaking YA thriller about a native teen who must root out the corruption in her community for readers of Angie Thomas and Tommy Orange. 18-year-old Donis Fontaine has never quite fit in, both in her hometown and in her nearby Ojibwe reservation. She dreams of a fresh start at college, but when family tragedy strikes, Donis puts her future on hold to look after her fragile mother, the only bright spot is meeting Jamie, the charming new recruit on her brother Levi's hockey team. Yet, even as Donis falls for Jamie, she senses the dashing hockey star is hiding something. Everything comes to light when Donis witnesses a shocking murder 
thrusting her into an FBI investigation of a lethal new drug. Reluctantly, Donis agrees to go undercover, drawing on her knowledge of chemistry and Ojibwe traditional medicine to track down the source. But the search for truth is more complicated than Donis imagined, exposing secrets and old scars. At the same time, she grows concerned with an investigation that seems more focused on punishing the offenders than protecting the victims. Now, as the deceptions and death keep growing, Donis must learn what it means to be a strong Anishinaabe Kwe, or Ojibwe woman. These are Native American tribes, and I am having a horrible time of pronouncing them. I apologize. And how far she'll go for her community, even if it tears apart the whole, the only world she's ever known. From Henry Holt and Company Publishing, it is out March 16th, 496 pages, ages 14 and up. I wonder if they're Canadian because of the hockey. I wonder if she's Canadian because the last name is typically French. And it reminds me of Letterkenny. She, they're they're Native American. Does it say Native American? She's Native American. That's that. That she lives. She's in those tri- in the tribe. She lives on a reservation. They have reservations in Canada. I mean, I suppose. I'm wondering if the author's French Canadian. I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I can't hear you. Into the microphone. Okay. You don't have to sound so depressed about it. Well, cause, I mean, I guess the Upper Peninsula of Michigan's close enough to Canada. Don't you dare make fun of the way I just said it. Said what? Canada. Well, anyway, it sounds like a you know an American version of Letterkenny. It doesn't sound like an American version of it. Doesn't with sound murder. Like, it doesn't sound a thing like Letterkenny. Hockey. So what? Hockey is literally everywhere. Let me finish, motherfucker. You got, okay, so you got an Indian tribe. Okay. And hockey. Okay. So you kind of got like half of Letterkenny right there. It's Michigan. Well, no, that's where the author's from. I imagine that this is probably, that's probably where she's setting the story too. That's usually what people do. They set it in a place that they know. Well, I'm going to put that in my head when I read it, so. Put what in your head? Just. just, No, what are you putting in your head? Letterkenny! What? It's nothing like Letterkenny. How is this anything like Letterkenny? Just mind your business. Just because you say, just because it says hockey? Donis, it sounds very similar to Tannis. You have real problems. This is... It's, You're, you can sleep on the couch tonight. That's fine. I can sleep anywhere. The This sounds nothing like Letterkenny. Nothing like Letterkenny. It's... it's it's the, I said it reminded me of Letterkenny. I don't know how, because there's hockey. Because you have no imagination, you I have fucking muggle. Plenty of a fucking imagination. Okay, I don't let's, know where you Let's are. go on. I don't know. Where I you I like the idea of your book, Angeline. My husband's a dick. I'm not a dick. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You are a dick. How? How do you How do you say dick in native <laughs> Chippewa language? It's probably still just dick. You are a mess. You're taking the kids to school in the morning. No, I'm not. I'm taking I'm taking my son to work in the morning. You can take the boys to school at 7 a.m. Nah. Fuck you. No. You know what you mean to me? <laughs> I'm being mean to you. I'm slipping you're, in. You're saying ridiculous things. No, you're being mean. <laughs> no, I'm not. You're saying ridiculous things. What makes you think I won't cut you? 
ridiculous thing. Not just just because it has hockey in it doesn't mean it's like Letterkenny. I'm gonna I'm gonna slam your computer shut. Well, that'd be a stupid thing to do. Cause You're you, a stupid thing to do. <laughs> you still do it. <laughs> that's on you, not on me. If anyway, I'm a, if I'm a stupid we thing are do, that's on, you. on Twitter and Instagram <laughs> at. You just burned yourself. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> at open a f i n g book. <laughs> Carry on. I am at e c j b a t. He is at Go Fuck Yourself <laughs> at Young ETAM on one and Young ETAM six on the other. You figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> just go ahead and just try. Pretty good. I we are also on Goodreads, goodreads.com slash open AFING book. Mm-hmm. And I am at goodreads.com slash ECJBAT. I've noticed we've been getting some friends on Goodreads. So there are people looking at us, either looking us up or coming across us. And I've been adding us. people. Well, I've seen that people have added us, but you've been adding people. Yeah, to and ours when or to when yours? both when okay. people are on like the Alcrate Society or other things, I put both um, accounts up so that they can add us. Oh, yeah, I do stuff. Fucker. That's not where I was going with it. You're so pissy right now because. Because you're a dick! I didn't do anything. You can email us at. Oh, I don't know. Info. <laughs> no. That's, we don't have. I mean, we still have that email, but we don't. We haven't used that in a long time. Open an F. Open a effing book at gmail.com. Yeah, okay. It's the, it's the same thing as everything else. Except at Gmail that everybody uses. We have Patreon. If you are a Patreon member, subscriber, whatever you want to call it, uh, you will be getting a uh, a very different episode <laughs> than what everybody else. Will I'm be fucking getting. tired, and my husband's being mean to me. <laughs> no, well, well, the Patreon episode has nothing to do with one of us being mean to the other one. It has to do with it was just we had just it was just a, a clusterfuck. Of, like, I don't know, 25 minutes of just a clusterfuck. And then I say, I'm going to leave it in. You're a clusterfuck. <laughs> so, if you're a Patreon member, you will, uh, you'll be getting a different episode. Uh, ad-free and uh, on the edit-free. The edit-free is going to be much longer than the ad-free because there's a lot of just dead air. But the ad-free one. You can delete the dead air. Not for the edit-free, I can't. Otherwise, it's not edit-free. But for the ad-free, the I will delete the dead air, which will make it much shorter, because there's a lot of it. So, you know, if you want to hear that, head over to Patreon and uh, subscribe. We got we got stickers left still for people, and if you don't want to do a whole monthly commitment, if that's not something you're into, you can always buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash book. I'm still working on merch. Uh, Everybody loves merch. Everybody loves merch. Shirts and mugs and hats and pins and stickers and all that good shit. And once it's all ready, I'll uh, throw it up where you guys can click on a link, probably on Twitter or something, and go see that. Come back for our Monday show. Yes, I realize we didn't have a Monday show this past week. Still dealing with uh, illness, and hopefully uh, we can get all that taken care of at some point, and we won't have to miss as many shows. 
quit blaming me. I'm not blaming you. You looked at me. I was waiting for a response. You got one. <laughs> you are fucking pissy tonight. <laughs> Somebody who just bought new books, I wouldn't think you'd be as pissy as you are. I'm Get not it. pissy. I'm just fucking with you. God, no, you're joke. being pissy. No, I'm actually happy because I got my da- <laughs> Mac Daddy and Cheese and Gringo Dip. Okay. Uh, we'll have news on the Monday uh, when we come back for our Monday show. We'll have some news uh, at the end of that show for this show. The show all together. Um... Uh, rate, review us wherever you listen. Subscribe, follow, all that good shit. Go to your local library, your local bookstore. Volunteer if they let you. Um, buy a book from a local independent author from a local independent bookstore if you can. Again, look at our show notes. It'll have uh, links to the Twitters, Instagrams, whatever I can find social media-wise so you get a hold of the author. Sometimes it's just been like a link to an email, depending on what. Okay. <laughs> depending on what um, they have. And a way to either buy or pre-order the book, or just take another look at the book if you'd like to. And that is it. Use my back scratcher to scratch my eyebrow. Alright. <laughs> take care of yourselves, take care of one. Usually you say something. <laughs> I, I didn't just, know what to I, say, I was just watching you I scratch said, your face. I said, that's it, and you usually go, that's it. But you just... <laughs> You just sat there and stared at me. Because you were scratching your eyebrow with your fucking bamboo back I was waiting for you to say something. (laughs) I just looked. We've been doing this almost a year, and we have gotten less professional. (laughs) When have I ever been professional? (laughs) We have gotten, this this, this this show has gone off the rails. It's it's downgraded. (laughs) I'm tired. We should be embarrassed and ashamed of ourselves. And I'm leaving it all in. I'm never ashamed. Take care of yourself. Take care of one another between now and the time we get to talk to you again. Do yourself a favor. Don't be a dick. And open a fucking door. All right. We'll see you guys. Bye, guys. Bye, Dana.